When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan one song at a time, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, your freewheeling Rob Kelly, and joining me once again is our pal, John Glenn. John, welcome back. Thanks. Thanks. I was very excited to have you back on. Uh, I like to, I sort of think of you as a sort of semi-regular co-host because we've talked about how many songs you want to talk about, and there's just so many, and we're sort of spreading it all out here and there because uh, there's, just, there's just so much to talk about. In this case... Yeah. Uh, we are talking about It's All Over Now, Baby Blue, one of the jewels of the Dylan crown. Uh, I mean, f- roll out the red carpet, yeah. right? <laughs> this, this is one of his undisputed masterpieces. Yes. I mean, uh, it has to be, right? Absolutely. It's the final track from Bring It All Back Home, 19, from yeah. the 1965 side to the all acoustic side. So, yeah, It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. John, why this one? Um, well, because... You know, after this is, I think this is my third podcast with you at Pod um, Dylan. Yes. And after, um, after each one, I always want to talk more about Dylan songs. You know, <laughs> I can't, so I can't stop thinking about more Dylan songs. And then I think like the next day, I was listening to this app I have uh, that has like Grateful Dead bootlegs, and there was one uh, show where they played this gorgeous version of this song, and. You know, if you, I know you're not a big Dead fan, but they they broke out that song like very rarely, and it always feels like it was used as an encore for a really good show or a sentimental show. Mm-hmm. And so and then I started thinking, I was like, you know, that is a great song, <laughs> you know. And so that was my next choice to to pick. I I, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, Dylan, this is a song that Dylan himself obviously knew was was solid because he has basically sort of never stopped performing it, uh, according right. to BobDylan.com. He's played it 536 times. Yeah. I love that you can view all. <laughs> you can see all of them, starting with uh, February 1965. And he hasn't, he hasn't done it for four years, but for Bob, again, that's really not that long of a time. Uh, it's four verses uh, of... Um, you know, it seems fairly simple, but but lyrically, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of surrealism and symbolism, uh, yeah. and then he's refer- again talking to this this person, Baby Blue. Some people have suggested, is it Joan Baez? Is it a friend? Is it Dylan himself? Is it his audience? His audience. Uh, I mean, because you know, this is the final song he would do before he went fully. Rock and roll. I mean, the, the you know, if you want to, if you want to do it in order, the next song, of course, was track one of Highway sixty one revisited, which is like a Rolling Stone. Right. So this is you know his sort of kiss off song. I mean, the opening line is, "You must leave now. Take what you need. You think will last. Whatever wish to keep you better, grab it fast." And, yeah, he's you know, out it, the door, right? Yeah, yeah. right. And and. You know, out of all of his songs, even like like a Rolling Stone or even Blowing in the Wind, um, and I can't think of many songs after that. This one seems to have like historical significance in like the Dylan history, right? Like it just kind of like it, it, it landed out of nowhere, and it, it, it was like you said, it's it's at the top of like this huge turn he does as an artist, and. Um, 
I think it was the song he played, the last song he played at the Newport uh, Festival when he went electric. I believe so, yeah. Right. And, and when you hear that version, he's, kind of, he's definitely, I mean, as definite as you can be when you're trying to get into Dylan's head, he's definitely talking to the audience, you know? And maybe some of them were booing him earlier. So maybe, you know, and according to some, they were cheering him when he went electric. But, he, you know, when you hear the bootleg, and I, I'm not sure if I've ever seen a video, maybe in the Scorsese documentary, he is, he is really singing this to the audience. And he's like snarling at him, saying, it's all over now baby blue and uh so as great as the lyrics are and stuff there that it's it's an important song it's uh it really comes to me it's it's like it's like the top of the cliff and then he falls up or down you know or just, <laughs> yeah, depending or on your point and, of view yeah. it's like it starts like a whole nother cliff really yeah after yeah. this song yeah, I mean, it's it, the the refrain again is very simple. It's always it's all over now, baby blue. But the the the, the imagery he's painting is is quite vivid. I mean, the the empty-handed painter from your streets is drawing crazy patterns on your sheets. Yeah. I mean, it's it again. It's it's just him and the guitar, and I think there's one other person playing yeah, uh, on, on this cut. So it is. It's very simple, but yet, you know, it's it it's the 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 middle ground between the plain language of the acoustic stuff and the, the the crazy language that he would get into i mean the i mean all four songs on bring it all back home side two are full of that crazy language it's it's gates of eden uh it's tambourine it's all over man. now baby blue mr tambourine man i mean so he was right. fully embracing that that word style and it's it's an interesting mix to have that surrealistic flights of fancy and there there's something about um there's a line that's inspired by the i ching Right in here, and yet the 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 performance in terms of the the songcraft would fit in perfectly well on Times Era Changing or Another Side of Bob Dylan. It's very yeah. simple folky tune, and yet the lyrics are just way off, way out there, you know. It, but then yeah. he's bringing it back to, it's all over now, baby blue. You got we're, you know, and he's either pushing someone out the door or leaving them behind. And I guess it depends on your point of view of how you choose to see it. Yeah, and the lyrics are very dreamy. They like if you really try to concentrate them, you can't really grasp them until it's all over now, baby blue. And it just and then if it sometimes it feels like he's talking to you or himself even, you know, as an artist. That one line about with the I Ching, the highway is for gamblers. Better use your sense. Take what you have gathered from coincidence. Yeah, that's the line. Yeah, gathered from coincidence. I remember that. I remember that that lyric hitting me one time. When I was younger, maybe like 18, 19, like that, that was like a, a thunder, you know, it was like a hammer blow to me when I first heard it. I, I loved it. it. I got what it, I got, I got what he meant ex- exactly what he was trying to say, I feel. What do you feel that it means? Well, I guess, you know, like it's just got this mystical quality to it that, you know, the highway is for gamblers kind of evokes like his folk tradition, you know, the, um, you know, because he used to sing songs about gamblers, sure, sure. hobos, and you know, railroad men, and uh, you know, and so, and and then you know, you gotta use your sense, and then just take what you have gathered from coincidence, like the all these little coincidences that happen in your life, like maybe they have meaning, mm-hmm. and uh, and Bob seemed to embrace that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's it, it's suggesting that yeah, not everything. I mean, it kind of would not to put too much of a weight on this but i mean you would go back to people have surmised in on blood on the tracks that 
you know, one of the themes of that album is that is the woman, there's different women that he's singing about on that record, but is it all one woman? Is it really the spirit of one person continuing through one man's life? That, you know, you can argue one way or the other about whether that's true, but it, it has that idea of, yeah, this stuff gathered from coincidence. That's, first of all, it's just a great phrase, the gathered from coincidence. Yeah. And how many guys, how many folk singers were pulling things from the I Ching and putting it in their songs? I mean, I probably right. not a lot. <laughs> No, not a lot at all. But it it still fe- feels like part of that tr- folk tradition. Maybe it's mm. the the whole highway is for gamblers. Like that seems like he probably plagiarized that from some folk song, you know? Probably. But yeah, but what he's noticing is are these coincidences, these like yeah, eastern kind of uh mystical mysticism. And then what about the last verse? The last verse always is what is it? Leave your stepping stones behind. Something calls for you. Yeah, forget the dead you've left. They will not follow you. Yeah, he's uh, like the advice, and he and 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 no, and I guess when the song came out, I obviously I wasn't around, but it, it, people really grasped onto it. But then when I first heard it, just knowing the Dylan history and what he would do next, that that line takes on even more meaning. Yeah. yeah, he once he once said something to the effect of "Do not create anything; it will just follow. It'll just attach itself to you and follow you around." And he's, the, I mean, the dead you've left. That again it could be the audience he's talking to, or it could be all his previous songs. You know, like the stride. Right. You know, I mean, he would he sang in a previous album, "My Back Pages." Uh, you know, I was much younger than I was much older than I'm younger than that now. He could be looking at you know all those sort of as he called them finger pointing songs as right. you know the the detritus that was you know dogging him and you know if you want to again if you want to to connect up all these things which again could way that could lie uh, that way lies madness but I mean the last couple albums all have songs similar to this I mean another side yeah. of Bob Dylan has it ain't me babe and right. then uh, times are changing has restless farewell. And right. they are all songs of casting about leaving someone or something behind and moving on to something else. And it's, you know, he's – and you look at the gargantuan creative leaps he was making uh, from album to album to album. And you could just see that it's – it's. I think it was Eric Clapton once who I saw said that the problem – and he was meaning this as a compliment. But he said the, the problem with Dylan is – you know, he delivers you a new album and you get so into it. But by the time you realize you're into what he's telling you, he's gone. He's yeah, moved he's on gone. to the next thing. <laughs> yep. And you're right. Like there is a tradition in those first like four or five albums of goodbye songs. But he seems to do it with a, a, a confidence in, in bringing it all back home. Like he's really ready to go. Yeah. He's ready to – if you think of it as a song to the folk audience at that time, he's, he's ready to go. He's, and there's no stopping him. And how old was he when he wrote this song? What was that? You know? 1965, so he would have been 24. 1965. Do you know, I mean, that is a crazy year, right, with, with the Dylan. He, he did Bring It All Back Home. Or, I, I, he might have even done Another Side. And I think he toured with Joan Baez, and then he did Bring It All Back Home. And I think... Highway 61 was released in that year too. Yeah, he released. He, I he, mean, that's crazy. He he released "Bringing It All Back Home" in March of 1965. He right. released "Highway 61" August of 1965, August, yeah. and "Blonde on Blonde" in May of 1966. Which means he released three right. of what people consider the greatest albums ever recorded in an 18 month period. And if you if you could include the live performances, because I think he started out that year doing this Joan Baez like yeah. real folky. 
you know, with like painted sets. And by the end of the year, he was doing the, well, he was with the band, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my, 1965. Yeah. And in the was, middle of that, that year, or you know, he wrote this song. Yeah, he was just burning on all thrusters at this point. And I mean, you know, that's, you could argue that's what led to the motorcycle crash, because he was just, right. nobody can maintain this creative output. But you look at these, these three albums, which are really the bedrock of, of his reputation. Uh, in terms right. of the, you know these three albums and just the I mean just again across these three albums he's putting out Mr. Tambourine Man Subterranean Homesick Blues Maggie's Farm Like a Rolling Stone you know I, I mean, mean he, come on the, the list goes on Rainy oh, Day on. Women Twelve and Thirty Five I Want You I mean these legendary songs that have been covered collectively fifty thousand times and they were all done in an eighteen month period that is nuts it's nuts <laughs> yeah and. I, and, you know, for most people, like, you're right, this is the bedrock. I, I can't say it's been in my, like, rotation very often, but I might have overplayed it, mm-hmm. you know? And as, like, a Dylan nut, you know, I tend to go to the deeper cuts. But for most people, this is the Dylan they know. Yeah. This is, like, he's half electric, half folky. And uh, now, do you still feel a connection as a, as a huge Dylan fan to that kind of, to that Dylan or has it been like overplayed, oversaturated? No, no. I wait. Okay, no, I don't feel it's oversaturated. No, I, huh? I, uh, you know, I tend to listen to him on a mix. You know, I just have yeah. all of his songs on a playlist, and I, I bop around when I want to, and so I never get tired of it. No, I don't feel like it's overexposed. I mean, it, it's this this song. I think is a, a masterpiece. It's not one that I would put like on my top twenty of all time, but I, I think there's something about. That it's like, um, it's like a B level song, and I don't mean in terms of quality, but in terms of its fame, it's not yeah. up there with Rolling Stone or Blowing in the Wind and Times Are Changing. But it's it's so sturdy and so solid. And you mentioned the Grateful yeah. Dead cover. This has been covered by here's just a small yeah. list: Joan Baez, Brian Ferry, The Seldom Scene, Them, The Birds, The Animals, The Chocolate Watch Band. Love that name. Graham, <laughs> bon- Graham Bonnet, Judy Collins, Joni Mitchell, Marianne Faithful, Falco. The 13th yeah. Floor Elevators, The Grateful Dead, Link Ray, Hugh Maseka, Echo and the Buddy Man and Bad Religion, plus Beck used it for in a sample in one of his songs. I mean, it's a st- this thing just everyone covered this this song. I mean, it's just and what the great the malleability of it is then, yeah, yeah, you can say who are you singing to and it could be right. to anybody and that's that is just a remarkable thing that it's that durable that you can just have all those different interpretations and none of them are wrong. They all, no. they, whatever it is you want it to be. He has long, Dylan has long said, and this might be the first time I've said this on the show, that there is a mathematical grid to all of his songs that only he can see. Mm. Now, who the hell knows if he's just making that up, he might just right. be like, what the hell? But I think that I, sometimes I feel there is something to that in that the song is flexible yet stately in that you can manipulate it to your to to your own ends in terms of how you want to approach it, but yet it still remains definable and followable, and it retains that inherent sort of message mystery. of mystery and message of the song, no matter what you're doing to it. And that's that's just a remarkable thing that you could do all that in like you know however like four minutes, however long the song is four four minutes and twelve seconds. And, and even more remarkable, Dylan used it that way because when he first started playing this song, it was a message. He had something he, – he needed to say this. And then later on, 
you know, he would bring it out for the 74 tour with the band and he'd do it on Rolling Thunder. You know, he never stopped playing it. Yeah. And it just became kind of like a, a classic. And even like in the 80s and the 90s, it, it just, you know, it's a great song to hear, even if it doesn't have the, the power of that original message, which I think was to his, you know, folk audience. Right, right. And, and, and the times they are changing, which is a real topical song, doesn't really keep, doesn't, I don't think that song has the same punch as it used to. But maybe because this song is so mysterious, it, it just keeps going. It just keeps changing. It's a great message to yourself in, in, a, in, a, yeah. in a point where you want to change your life. It's a great, you know, I mean, if you, if you can choose to read it as it's a kind of a nasty kiss-off song, but you could, I mean, calling somebody baby is a bit yeah. condescending, so it could be that, you know, you refer to them as a baby. And it's funny, he would actually refer to Baby Blue in another song in the 70s, which you can want to, like, is that the same Baby Blue that he's talking to? Or is what it song a different is that? Baby? Uh, uh, shoot, it's on Planet Waves. Okay. Blanking yeah, up, but he refers to someone as Baby Blue, and you're like, "Oh, okay, you know, there you go." But if you if you choose to point it at yourself, it, it's it's tough but fair, you know. I mean, it's go well, actually, sh- strike another match, go start anew. That's the yeah. next to the last line. That's a very hopeful thing. It's it, it right. you know it can be if you choose to to take it that way. So I don't know how to segue into this, but there's uh, speaking of how turning it in, turning the song inward. Uh, so one of the reasons I really love this song, and I've never forgotten it, um, when I was 18, I went backpacking, uh, actually through Israel and through Egypt, right? Wow. Yeah, so I, I joined a kibbutz and we had a great time. And I ended up coming home a little bit earlier than I was expecting. And I told my dad I was coming home. I called him from Israel, but I didn't tell my mom. For some reason, I had like this, <laughs> I thought it'd be funny if I just showed up. You know, she was expecting me, you know, according to her, I was still in Israel, like backpacking, working on a kibbutz, working on a farm. Um, and for some reason, yeah, I just got this like kick out of like, well, I'll just show up at the at the door, you know. So my dad picked me up at the airport and then we spent the night at his place catching up. And then he dropped me off at my mom's house the next day and she didn't know I was coming. And I was walking with my backpack on up to the front door and I was just going to knock. And I swear to God, Rob, this song. Right, the vagabond who's rapping at your door. <laughs> it's standing in the clothes that you once wore, and I felt like a new person, but I was still wearing like the same clothes. And I was like, "Man, I was like that." And I, I, and so, yeah, it's just like 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 I told like a hammer. The song just provides as a hammer in my memories. Wow. Yeah, it's like, and I, you know, and uh, and the lyric just came right to me, and I was like, "Wow, this is what he's talking about." He's not he's not saying. He's saying goodbye to himself, a part of himself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Only Dylan. Only <laughs> Dylan. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. I, we're, I Is know, that it? What's I just, I, 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 well, what else do you want to say the about the 70s performance? No, I'm only kidding. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep these shows short, uh, John. I, I want to, you know, I make sure that because now I want to listen to the song again. So I was just like, okay, let me go listen to this again. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, he has done some some interesting live performances of it. Is there any particular ones you want to mention? Uh, well, I would say if you never heard the one that he did at like the Newport Folk Festival, mm-hmm. like the, as the encore, that one has a lot of meaning. And if you're a Dylan fan, like that's a you know important bootleg. Yeah, that's it. 
It's appeared on a couple of live versions. It, it, it's appeared on a couple of different ones, and uh, it's on the Lake series volumes four, which was Bob Dylan Live from 1966. Okay. Uh, Bob Dylan Live 1975, which is part of the Rolling Thunder tour. Uh, there's alternate takes on the Bootleg Series Volume Seven and alternate takes on the Bootleg Series Volume Twelve. So wow. they've gotten a lot of use out of this uh, <laughs> over the years, all the different versions of it and stuff. I can't. I have to go back back through the set lists that I have. I don't know if I've if I've ever personally heard him do it live. Yeah, uh, but and yeah. you know what? When when you're talking about like the top ten songs, did this make it to the Greatest Hits Volume One? I don't think it did. No, it is not on Greatest Hits Volume One. It is on Greatest Hits Volume Two. I could see that. But yeah. not Greatest Hits Volume 1. So. Right. Yeah. Because I don't think it was ever a single. Uh, okay. So it was a B-side, but uh, no, it was never a single. And that's it. You know, I do want to mention this before we just sign off. He recorded all of Side 2 of Bring It All Back Home in one shot. In 1965. <laughs> I mean, if you could live any life of anybody, I think my I think top uh, top three would be I want to I want to be with Dylan in 1965. I, I I would be scared. I've seen Don't Look Now. <laughs> yeah, I, no. Don't Look Back. I, those truth attacks can be pretty nasty. But that was but also I mean, 1965. He also, I mean, yeah, that's another thing to add to that year. Another accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Busy year for the guy. It makes me feel lazy that I don't do enough. <laughs> he did all that. He's kind of he's like uh, what's Lynn Morel Miranda. You know, I'm like, how does this guy have time to do all this stuff when is he sleep? Not only does it make me you feel lazy, but how about like another musician? I mean, if you're a musician, if you have, like, somebody's listening to you, they, did not, I mean, I can't think of anybody who went for it like Dylan did in 1965. Yeah. Yeah, when you're one of those musicians that does one album every five years. Yeah. What are you doing? Bob Dylan did, did seven albums in three <laughs> years, and they're all masterpieces, so shut they're up. All, yeah. You know? like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Actually, well, I mean, I think drugs helped with a lot of that, but... Right. Uh, so yeah, it's all over now, Baby Blue. It's it's a full on masterpiece. It's available on um, iTunes. You can get on from Bring It All Back Home. That's the original version, and there are multiple versions that you can find. Uh, all of them to your heart's content. So, John, uh, thanks again Rob, for coming on the show. Listen anytime. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So we have a bunch of songs lined up. So it'll just be a couple of weeks before we have yeah. you back to talk about uh, all whatever one we have next on the list. So uh, thanks again for doing it. I always appreciate it. And I always love talking to you. Now, Rob, are you going to really go every song? I know you did every MASH episode. Well, so. I well, I didn't do every MASH episode. I That show eventually sort of crapped out before I finished that. Uh, um, but I, 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 my intention is to do every song, but I will probably die before that. So <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll, I'll let you to, go, Rob. I don't have any children, and I don't plan to, so I don't know who's going to take over for me at that point <laughs> when podcasts are just beamed directly into your skull. But, uh, you know, I'll get to as many as I can. I'll get to, I mean, I've already done... Ten times as many episodes as I planned. I originally said this show was going to be like once every blue moon because I was like, I don't have time to do another weekly show because I do fire and water podcast every week and I do film and water podcast every week. And I was like, I can't do three shows a week, but I've been having so much fun doing this and people have been so receptive and wanting to be on the show that I've just been doing them every week. I've been finding the time to do them every week. So, you know, but even at once a week. That's 50 songs a year, and the man's got 500 songs minimum, yeah. uh, and that's if he stops writing that's, songs, right. and that's not even including any covers that he ever might do. So that's 10 years. Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to think about that math. So, you know, 
One, one song at a time. <laughs> one song at a time. Just do one song at a time. So, uh, as always, everybody, if you want to contact the show, just go to fireandwaterpodcast.com and use the contact page, or you can leave a comment on the individual show thread, and you can follow the show on Twitter, which is pod underscore Dylan. So, John, thanks again, man. I always appreciate it. I love talking to you. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye. Leave your stepping stones behind There's something that calls for you Forget the dead you've left They will not follow you The vagabond who's rapping at your door Is standing in the clothes that you once wore Strike another match, go start anew And it's all over now, baby blue